Well, good morning. Oh, that was pitiful. <laughs> good morning. All right, much better, much better. Well, let's start off, give you some prayer updates, let you know uh, where our pastor, senior pastor stands. For those of you who may be visiting with us and are not aware of it, our senior pastor, Randy Hahn, uh, had open heart surgery nine days ago. Uh, very unexpected. He was the one on the staff that uh, would have been the least likely to pick to be the one to have to need high, uh, bypass surgery, but he did. And uh, he's doing well. He's recuperating at home. Uh, those of you that are on Facebook probably saw that he uh, took a half mile walk over the weekend, which is a pretty amazing feat from where he was to where he is now. So he continues to recuperate, continue to pray for his healing during this process, pray for the recuperation process itself. And I ask that you pray for patience for Randy. Um, you may not know this, but he's a bit of a type A personality. Uh, and so sitting is not his spiritual gift. So uh, would you pray for him to have patience, to have wisdom during this time? Pray for Karen and the kids as they uh, take care of him. And we're just thankful for what God's doing. Also this week, as you're praying, we ask that you pray for our mission team that is on the ground in Nicaragua and serving there this week. Uh, lift them up for what God has them to do down there. Yeah, that's right. Exciting. And also pray for uh, one of our members, Michael Tolliver. Michael is one of many in our church that have been trained in disaster relief. And he is actually in Nepal right now working with that country in, in their disaster relief. So keep Michael Tolliver in your prayers as well. All right, let's just lay it out on the table. None of us are exactly where we expected to be this morning. For instance, 10 days ago, I never expected to be standing here this Sunday in the pulpit preaching a sermon series on facing the storms of life. And none of you expected to be here listening to me preach. We were all planning on being here this Sunday to listen to Randy preach again. But then the unexpected happened. And it serves to remind us that life does not always go as we expected or as we planned. In fact, I remember reading years ago a quote from somebody that said, life is what happens when we were planning something else. And there's great truth to that. And all of this process is kind of what brought us to this sermon series about facing the storms of life. Now, many of you have heard the expression, into every life some rain must fall. It's from a long, uh, Longfellow poem, and he's not talking about physical rain when he writes that line, but he's talking about the situations and the circumstances that we face in life. And truth of the matter is, for most of us at least in here, we're not really surprised that a little bit of rain comes into our lives. We're not really even all that upset when a little rain comes. We expect that. It's when those monsoons, those tidal waves, those hurricanes come into our lives that it throws us off course. It's when that unexpected storm that we didn't see coming crops up that it really hits us. And those types of storms can come in all sorts of forms. They can be in the form of pain when we've experienced physical or emotional pain. Sometimes a storm can be in the form of people. Sometimes it can be just the pressures that we're dealing with. 
And other times, the storm is just an unexpected problem that cropped up and came into our lives. And there are probably some of you in here today who are in the midst of struggling with some storms that have come into your life, some things that were unfavorable circumstances, uh, unintentional uh, events and situations that took place, things you weren't expecting, and they all kind of come together and culminated in that perfect storm of confusion and anguish and trouble. Well, what we're going to do today and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about how to face the storms of life. We're going to talk about how to deal with those storms that come in because they always do. Storms that hit us with the emotional storms and the financial storms, the physical storms, the relational storms. All of those things come. Today as we get started in this series, I want us to look at an event in the life of Jesus that actually deals with a real physical weather-related storm. But in it, we're going to learn some truths that apply to the storms that we deal with in our lives. So if you'll take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And we're going to begin reading at verse 22. Now you can find this account in other Gospels as well, but I chose Luke today. So Luke chapter 8, verse 22. It says, one day, he, that's Jesus, one day he and his disciples got into a boat. And he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And so they set out. And as they were sailing, he fell asleep. And then a fierce windstorm came down on the lake. And they were being swamped and were in danger. They came and woke him up saying, master, master, we're going to die. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, where is your faith? And they were fearful and amazed, asking one another, who can this be? He commands even the winds and the waves, and they obey him. I believe we can find in this event, in this passage of Scripture, at least five life-changing lessons that we need to grasp and to understand. The first one is this. Storms will rage even when Jesus is in your boat. You notice this passage started out by telling us Jesus and his disciples got into the boat. Now, this is taking place on the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is not really a sea, it's a freshwater lake. It's six miles wide, it's 14 miles long, and it is located 600 feet below sea level. It is the lowest lake on the planet. And that, coupled with the fact that it's surrounded by some majestic, beautiful mountains causes storms to hit in a most unusual way. As they come over those mountains, they're often sucked down like a funnel and hit that lake with great fierceness and intensity. And so that's what's taking place in the story that we read about today. The storm has hit, and it's hit suddenly. And Mark, in his account of what's taking place here, gives us another clue into the story, because Mark tells us that it takes place at night. 
So I want you to imagine for a moment that you're on that boat. It's nighttime. It's dark. There are no lights out there. There's no stars to see. The storm is raging. The wind's blowing. The waves are crashing. The rain's coming down. There's thunder. There's lightning. In fact, the only light, the only time they can really see is when the lightning flashes. And, you know, when you've been in a thunderstorm, that's not comforting. What you see in the lightning flashes is often the scariest thing of all. So that's where they are. That's what's taking place in this event. And that's what we're going to learn these lessons out of. You know, many Christians have a problem in that they operate with a faulty thought process. And that thought process is they always operate with the thought of if then. And the way the thought process works on one hand is if I do this, then this is what's going to happen. To put it into a mathematical kind of equation, if I do A, then B will happen. And please God, not C. Or if we kind of turn it from the other direction and look at it, they'll look at their lives and if B is happening and B is the good things, B are the things we want to happen, B are the things that we see as being blessings from God. And so if B is happening and all these good things are going on in our lives, then obviously God and I are good, right? Obviously God's blessing me, he's happy with me. But if C is happening in my life, the bad things are going on in my life, the things I didn't want to happen, that I didn't want to experience, then obviously there's something wrong. Obviously I'm doing something wrong. Obviously I am out of God's will in some way. Obviously I have sinned in some way. And that's what's happening, causing this in my life. It was that thought process that we see recorded in John chapter 9 when Jesus and his disciples encounter a blind man and the disciples ask, what was the prevailing question of the day whenever you encountered someone who was blind or deaf, who had some infirmity? They asked him, he said, Rabbi, who sinned that this man is blind? Him or his parents? You see, it's an if-then kind of mindset. And kind of along those same lines, there are those who are Christians that have fallen into that faulty mindset that says, well, you know, as long as I got Christ in my life, as long as I have a personal relationship with Jesus, then everything is going to go well, and I'm not going to have trouble, and I'm not going to have trials, and I'm not going to have temptations, and I'm not going to have problems. The only problem is, biblically, we see that's not true, and experientially, we know it's not true. In fact, right here we see in this story that Jesus was in the boat, but the storm still came. The storm still hit them. See, even if you have Jesus in your life, it doesn't mean that you're going to avoid the trials and the troubles and the temptations and the problems that go on. They're still going to hit you from time to time. And what you need to understand in all of that is that does not mean that God doesn't like you. It doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that he's punishing you. Because sometimes we can be in God's will and that's where we experience the troubles. And sometimes God has something else in store. 
in response to the question that they asked about the blind man, Jesus answered it this way. He said, neither he nor his parents have sinned. He says, what is taking place is so that the glory of God can be revealed. In other words, what he's saying to us, in just a moment, God's going to do something amazing. And this whole process, this whole thing in this man's life is come about so that God's glory could be revealed, so that God's awesomeness could be revealed, so that God's power could be revealed. And with the story of Jesus and his disciples in the storm on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus led his disciples into that storm so that they could learn more about what it means to trust him. That's how God works and moves. Don't be surprised when the storms come. Look at what God's Word says. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Don't be surprised. It's not strange, he said, for trials to come. The Bible isn't a feel-good book about folks who lead these enchanted fairy tale kind of lives. The Bible is a volume that records the lives of men and women who suffer and who go through pain and who go through struggle, yet maintain their faith in God. That's what it's teaching us. That no matter what we go through in life, no matter what the storm is, no matter what the struggle is, we can maintain our faith in God. So he says, don't be surprised when storms come. Then the second lesson that he teaches us in this is that storms create fears that cause more damage than the storms. When the disciples cried out to Jesus, he said, where's your faith? Oh, you of little faith, he says. See, what's going on is the disciples are battling two storms that night. They're battling the visible, physical storm, the the rain and the wind and the thunder and the lightning and the waves that are about to capsize them. Yes, that's going on. But what's really hit them is the fear that's inside, the invisible fear. The fear that causes them to say, Master, we're going to die. And they're caught up in that. And most of the time, the fear that comes out of a situation is worse than the situation itself. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, when he went to do his first inauguration address, it was 1933. Our country was gripped in the Great Depression. And within a minute into his speech, Roosevelt said, Our country will endure, or our great nation will endure. As it has endured. We'll revive. And we'll prosper. And then he went on to say. Let me first of all state my belief. That the only thing to fear. Is fear itself. And what a great truth that was. We know that during that time. Many of the banks collapsed and closed. Had to shut their doors. People lost their savings. You know why that happened? Not because the banks weren't doing what the banks should have done. Not because the economy was bad. What happened is that people became afraid. And so 
One person becomes afraid and runs to the bank and wants his or her money. And another person sees that person going and they get afraid and they run and they want their money. And suddenly everybody was coming wanting their money at one time. Wasn't the economy. Wasn't the banks. It was fear that caused it to happen. When I was a kid, I remember one particular moonlit night. I was laying in my bed. It was somewhere in the middle of the night. And the moonlight was shining in through the window just in an amazing way. And I woke up. It caught my attention and kind of looked out to see the moon and kind of reflect on it. And when I did, there looking in the window was his face. Somebody was looking in my window in the middle of the night. Now, some of you already know this, but I grew up on a farm. We lived off the beaten path. In fact, we lived off the path that was off the beaten path. To get to my house, first off, you had to know where it was. You didn't show up there by accident. Secondly, you came there for a purpose. And so if you're there looking in my window in the middle of the night, your only purpose is up to no good. And so I look and I see this person looking in my window. And for the only time in my life, I was so terrified, so petrified that I couldn't move. I mean, not at all. I'm just, I can't do anything. I can't make a noise. I can't move. I am totally petrified with fear. And so I find the only thing I can do is I close my eyes and I go, please don't be there. Please don't be there. Please don't be there. And when I open my eyes, he's still there. And so what seems like hours, what seems like all night to me, that's the process I'm going through. And finally, I summon up enough courage. Actually, I think I just got scared enough that I was finally able to move again. I managed to get up, jump out of bed to go get help. And when I did, I discovered something. There was nobody looking in my window. It was a reflection of this humongous piggy bank that my mom for some reason had moved and put on a shelf in my room and so all night long I had been terrified by a piggy bank but no it wasn't the piggy bank it was the fear and that's what fear does in our lives if you're fighting with a storm of fear in your life God has a word for you Let's look. He says, so do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, as you go through your storms, <clears throat> excuse me, and you go through your fears, would it be better if you could see Jesus and feel his hand holding you? Well, he tells us, that's right where I am, and that's right what I'm doing. Know that Jesus is there. Third lesson we learn. Storms never make Jesus panic. Look at the story. Storms raging, waves crashing, thunder booming, disciples in a panic. And what's Jesus doing? What's he doing? 
sleeping. I like that. I mean, they're all uh, agitated. They're all stressed out, and Jesus is snoring. And I think it tells us several things about Jesus. Remember, Jesus is fully God and fully man. And in this, we see both sides of him. We see the humanity side where he's exhausted, he's tired. He's tired from dealing with these people all day long. And so he has the opportunity and he's able to go to sleep. But we see him from the divine side as well. And we see that the storms don't cause him to panic. We see that Jesus says there's no need for us to panic. You know, you can be certain that there is a phrase that's never been uttered in heaven. That phrase is, "Uh uh-oh. See, nothing ever takes God by surprise. There's never been a time. God has never said, nor will he ever say, boy, you know, I didn't see that coming. God knows what's coming. God knows what's happening. I like the way Corey Tinboom put it. She once said, there's no panic in heaven just plans and that's what God does he's planning and the key for us to find peace in the midst of our storms is to trust in Jesus again look at his word I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world in me you will have peace. Notice he doesn't say with me, but he uses something that is more personal, more intimate, more real. He says, in me, you'll have peace. And I think the best illustration of all for us to try to understand that is simply the ark. Or in the ark. As they go through the storm, as they go through the flood, they're safe and secure in the ark. Oh yeah, they're in the storm. They're being tossed about by it. But they're in the ark. And they're safe. And we're going to go through storms. And we're going to go through struggles. And we're going to go through situations. But when we're in Him, when we're in Christ Jesus, there is a peace. And there is a security that is there for us. You see, we have a Savior who can sleep in the midst of the storm. And if he can sleep in the midst of it, you and I can rest in him in the midst of it. The fourth lesson that we find in this passage is that storms force us to cry out to God for help. You know, on this boat, you had some seasoned fishermen, some seasoned sailors, guys who were used to being out on this water, guys who had probably been through storms before and they knew what to do. They knew to trim the sails and they knew to turn the boat into the wind and they knew to start bailing. And I'm sure they were doing all of these things. But what was about to happen? Well, they summed it up, didn't they? We're about to die. It wasn't working. And they cried out for help. And I love the fact that in all the accounts, it's very simple. Lord, save us. Lord, help us. Lord, we're about to die. Wasn't a lot of King James English that went into it. It wasn't a lot of flowery church prayers that went into it. Just very simple. God, save us. See, storms move us to the point of realizing our need for and our reliance upon God. Takes us to the point of crying out 
to him for help. I mean, let's be honest. If we had our preference, I'm okay with avoiding the storms. How about you? Let's just leave them out. Let's not have them. But would that be the best thing for us? Because you see, it's in the storms that he teaches us. God allows storms to come into our lives from time to time in order for us to learn more about trusting him, to learn more about being dependent upon him. Every time we find ourselves in a storm of suffering, we should turn to him. Look again at his word. It says the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. You know what? Maybe there's some of you here this morning who qualify. Your hearts are broken. Your spirit's crushed. He says, if so, cry out, and I will hear you. What an amazing promise. God will deliver us from our troubles. And then the final lesson he teaches us in this is that these storms will still surrender to the power of Jesus. Look at what happens. They wake him up and he stands up and Scripture says he rebuked the winds and the waves and they went calm. Mega calm. Super calm. I want you to picture that for a moment. They get him up. Jesus gets up the boat. I mean, it is, it is about to capsize. It is being tossed to and fro. Rain is hitting. Everything is going wrong. And Jesus stands up and he steps maybe to the side of the boat there and he looks out. And in Mark, Mark says he uses a word, a phrase, that is very similar to something that a parent would say to a child. And it could maybe best be translated this way. He said, Jesus looked out at the wind and the waves and he said, hush, just calm down. And scripture says, it went calm. Now storms pass, eventually, and gradually. The miracle of this was the suddenness with which it happened. You imagine, think about it, you're in that boat, it's tipping, about to go over this way, about to go over this way, it's going back and forth in the waves, and Jesus says, hush, just calm down, and immediately your boat is rock solid. That's what Jesus did. That's what he did in the storm. And what does that mean for us in our storms? What's this? If you believe that he was the one who could create the winds and the waves, then, you're the one who, then you believe he is the one who can hush your storms as well. I've been in the ministry for over 35 years. In those 35 years, I've watched hundreds and hundreds of people go through storms in life. And I've been amazed at how many Christian people I've seen who go through those storms with a, a sense of peace and acceptance in the midst of it that transcends anything that we really understand 
with our human understanding. That's exactly the kind of peace that the Bible promised. Look at what the Word of God says. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which surpasses anything we can comprehend or understand. This past week, I was reading a book... And one of the storylines within the book had to do with the secret service. So I'm reading that book and I'm thinking about this message and I thought about it. You know, think about how the secret service operates. Their job is in times of danger for the president. They surround him and they guard him and they protect him. God's word says that's what God does for us. He surrounds us. And guards us and protects us. And so when those things, those fears come into our minds and come into our hearts, God is there to protect us. God is there to guard us in that. You know, in the midst of the storms, the disciples forgot something. They forgot something that Jesus had told them. In fact, he told them at the beginning of the voyage. Look again at verse 22 and follow along. It says, they got into the boat and Jesus said to them, come, we're going to go to the other side. See, Jesus told them, we are going to the other side. And they forgot that because once Jesus said that, there's no need to worry anymore. Once Jesus said that, there's no storm, there's no demon, there's no devil, there's no army of man that could stop them from going to the other side. It was a done deal. And if they had remembered that, if they had believed in what he had said, if they believed in his word, they would not have had to worry about drowning. They would not have come to him and said, we're going to die. No, you're not. You're going to the other side. And Jesus says to us, his children, Whatever storm you face, don't worry. We're going to the other side. And when you get that kind of mindset, when you get that kind of attitude in your life, when you get that kind of understanding of God and who He is and what He's doing and where He's going to take you, then you're able not only to make it through the storms, you can even find blessing in the storm. One of my favorite songs of all time, a song by Andre Crouch. The title of it is Through It All. And in it, he sings these words. He says, I thank God for the mountains. And I thank Him for the valleys. I thank Him for the storms He's brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know. That he could solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in God could do. He says, listen, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend. Upon his word. Whatever storm. You are going through. Whatever storm. Is about to come into your life. Know this. His word says. 
you're going to the other side. If you're a child of God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, just speak to our hearts. Lord, show us how we need to respond to your word. Father, whatever our situation, whatever our circumstance, whether we're in a storm, just come out of a storm, getting ready to go into a storm, whatever's happening in our lives, Lord, show us how to respond to what your word is saying. Father, we thank you for your promises. We thank you for the lessons that you give us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.